Hello, welcome to another great Light of the Southwest with a live studio audience right here in GLC. How you doing, folks? All right. <laughs> folks, you, you know what? We're always doing something new. You're always seeing history made because God is always fresh and new every morning. But here on the flagship show right here in GLC Studios, Light of the Southwest, someone you've seen before, she's a longtime favorite. You know, as she says and many others say about her, you know, from the bomb shelter to the boardroom uh, to starting the largest grassroots organization in America, Act for America, to being knighted and being on the president's circle, it's none other than my dear friend and yours too, Brigitte Gabrielle. How you doing, Brigitte? Hey, so happy to be with you. All right. Happy to be with yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you feeling that. I love it. I love this. Well, you know, Brigitte, it's the first time in a while there's been a live audience right here in GLC Studios, and we love that. And any of you who have ever seen Brigitte in person, uh, you've seen how how incredible she is with crowds. Uh, At the last uh, Western Conservative Summit, she brought, she was at, she brought the house down, standing ovations. Of all the speakers, Brigitte, I didn't see everyone do that for everybody, but they did that for you. It's because they love you. They know you. They admire your courage. But behind the scenes, she's just as friendly and sweet and real uh, as the Brigitte Gabrielle that we all know and love. But tonight, we're not just going to hear the political. I mean, everyone knows what you've done, the amazing things you've done with Act for America and speaking up for America, risking your life for America. I had the honor of being your, your national correspondent at one time. That was an adventure, That's too. That's we started. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. Can you believe that? That was, what, I 2010? Know. I know. It, it was wow. a minute ago, wasn't it? That's how far we go back. Okay. I know. But that was a minute ago. Yeah. We're sticking to the minute, okay? Yeah, I know. We have not aged one day. <laughs> oh, you haven't. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, you know, we've been shooting in the studio today at GLC Studios, and, and I have to say, Brigitte, you know, uh, the, the passion that you're known for, uh, the courage that you're known for, the fearlessness spirit that you have, Anyone I talk to, no matter if it's West Texas Spencer or, or anywhere else, Sean, you know, or Corey, anywhere I, I talk, they say the same thing. I love her. I love her. I love her fearlessness. I love who she is. But you know what, folks? You haven't seen anything yet. Because as strong as you are with your speeches, and, and, and of course, people see you on CNN. They saw you a lot on CNN. But on Fox News, News yeah, and, Fox. and Newsmax and, and just about any other network and Christian television networks as well, as great as that is, your interaction with a crowd and your motivational speaking and telling your incredible story, I would say is even four steps above that. And you're gonna see it right on this network on the Brigitte Gabrielle Show. I'm so excited about Thank that. Thank you, I am so excited. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys you. are great. I, I, I love people. You know, I love people. People tell me, how, why, you know, a lot of people avoid crowds. They say, oh my gosh, we don't like crowds, you know. I love people. You see, because of my years in the bomb shelter, where I was in isolation, and when you have that isolation during your formulative years, you know, I was in the bomb shelter from the age of 10 right. till the age of 17, robbed of my youth. When you're not around people, and you grow up, you gravitate towards people. People... People don't realize the importance of people in our lives. You know, we take it for granted that we can walk down the street or drive down the street and see people and interact with people and meet neighbors and say hi and visit with each other. 
People don't realize how lonely it is when you're separated from people. Mm -hmm. So it gave me a new appreciation to every person I encounter. So when I go out, even when I go to the grocery store or when I go, you know, to whatever, my kids practice for whatever, or when I work with people, I look at people as assets, as something and people that enrich your life. Because without people in your life, you're lonely, you're sad. Look at during COVID, how many people committed suicide, how many people turned to alcohol, how many people turned to drugs, because all of a sudden they realized, you know, you can do it by yourself for a week or two or a month or two. But some of those people who have been isolated because of COVID um, for a very long time, they realize the importance of people. So I hope that comes across, I guess, um, when I talk about my life or when I interact with people. Well, you're right, Brigitte. You know what? People are assets. That's all we have. That's all we have. All we have. You know, and you know, there's a saying, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's people who love people and use things, and there's people who love things and use people. You love people. I love people. And it shows. And again, as dynamic as you have always been in front of a crowd, when they really see you behind the scenes and meet you, they love you even more because you take the time uh, and treat them important because they are. Folks, you're watching, you are important, you are significant. Your life is not an accident. Uh, God puts you on this earth for a reason. Yeah. He loves you. And people who really know him, they love you too. I'm so glad that you, that you do. Now, now, Brigitte, you were telling some amazing things about your story. You know, for those of you who are watching right now, I know what a lot of you do. You see a guest, you pick up uh, uh, your phone, and you Google them. And there's so many fantastic things out there. And we can go into Act for America, and we will do some of that too. But folks, when you look at Brigitte Gabrielle's name, one of the questions that, that the viewers had, and by the way, you'll have a chance uh, to send in questions for uh, Brigitte to address, as well as our time for our live, live audience interaction and call-in segments as well. But one of those was a gentleman saying, Brigitte, I see you. I love who you are. Man, there's people out there that are trying to say you're part of a hate group and that's not what I'm seeing on television. Why don't you tell us about that? In today's America, when you speak the truth, you are the enemy of the enemies of America. And they want to silence you at all costs. We are living in a time and an age where people are afraid to speak the truth. People are afraid to have courage to do and say what needs to be said and done. People are afraid to offend anybody. People want to be politically correct, which I believe we need to throw political correctness in the garbage where it belongs. There you go. And start calling the spade That's a spade. Right. So we are at an age where you, if you stand up for freedom, if you stand up for America, if you stand up for our police, right. if you stand up for our military, if you are a flag-waving, national anthem-standing, military-honoring, uh, America-loving citizen, right. you are the enemy in the eyes of the left. And it is so important because it's like we were talking today. There is no more left and right. No. There is goodness and evil. Right. The, this is the world we are living in. We are fighting a spiritual battle between goodness and evil. And so when you stand up in defense of freedom, when you stand up to speak about what needs to be done, people accuse you, well, you know, if you are for secure borders, well, you are a bigot, racist, anti-brown people. It has nothing to do with that. We are just calling for secure borders. In my case, 
you know, and you hear me speak with such passion. People always tell me, my gosh, you're so passionate, Brigitte. Where does this passion come from? And for those of you who do not know my background, I was born and raised in Lebanon. My 9-11 happened to be in Lebanon in 1975 mm. when radical Islamists blew up my home, bringing it down, burying me under the rubble wounded. I ended up in a hospital for two and a half months and later ended up living in a bomb shelter in an eight by 10 room underground without electricity, without water and very little food. And that's where I lived for the next seven years of my life, robbed of my youth. And when I got out of that bomb shelter, and I do not know how much detail you want me to get into or how much time we have, but when I got out of my bomb shelter, I realized I want to dedicate my life to fighting evil. As a survivor of terrorism, I want to dedicate my life to fighting evil, to standing up for hate, because hate is what destroyed my life. Wow. Hate is what destroyed my family. Hate is what, my, what destroyed my country of birth, Lebanon. And I made it a point to stand up and fight hate. And uh, when you stick your neck out in fighting for what you believe is right, for fighting for the truth, the truth is not fashionable in today's America. You have people coming out against you, attacking you, and shooting at you from all directions. And today, it is so easy for people to say, oh, you know, this is, is this a hate? You know, right now, all of us in America, those of us who love America, who appreciate our veterans, who honor our veterans, who stand up for the flag, who stand up for the national anthem, you are called a white supremacist, a bigot, a racist, a hater, you name it, you know, neo Nazis. So we're all on the same ship. I mean, can you believe uh, they even accuse me of being a white supremacist? Oh, yeah. How do you like that white supremacist tan? <laughs> or that white supremacist big lips? But this is the America we live in today. Yeah. So I dedicated my life to fighting that. I dedicated my life to doing something that will make a difference for the country. And um, that, that's how I answered that question this morning when we had that caller calling about you know, when we read about you on the internet, people say, right. oh my God, there's all sorts of things. So please only believe the good stuff. <laughs> well, Brigitte, and you answered that question beautifully, but you know, it goes even deeper. It goes even deeper of who inspired you not to hate. And most people have never seen the side of you. They see the, they see the courageous lioness, you know, that we know and we love. But Brigitte, you have a story even the haters, if they knew, yes. would understand why you not only refuse to hate, but why you fight uh, darkness yeah. and someone very special to you in, in a very rough situation encouraged you. They, they didn't raise you to hate. And that, no. that's a part of who you are. That's right. And I'm so excited that they're going to see even that other facet of the diamond of who you are because there's a whole universe of motivation and real life stories and real encouragement. Uh, folks, you know, you, you never know what someone's going through. You know, perception's reality. You may think someone has it all together just because they're on television. Uh, folks, let me tell you, we're all people at the end of the day. But Brigitte, you're not only a, a real person, but you know what it's like to go through some very hard things and you still chose love over hate. Absolutely. And um, many people don't realize I'm an only child. 
I'm an only child to my parents who were married for over 22 years. They could not have any children. And they gave up. They thought, well, God did not bless us with a child. We're not meant to have children. And so I was raised, when I came into the family, I was born truly a miracle in their lives. My parents adored me. So talk about miracles. My mother went to the doctor. She thought she had cancer. And, you know, I mean, after all, I mean, you know, and you're, you know, when you're almost, when you're in your 50s and you all of a sudden your stomach is getting bigger, <laughs> you know, it's harder. You go to the doctor and you think, doctor, I'm, you know, I've got cancer. So they run the blood work and all of that. And the doctor says, you're two months pregnant. You're going to have a baby in two months. <laughs> so I was truly a miracle in my parents' life. My father was 60 when I was born. My mother was 55. And so I lived as the center of attention in my parents' life. I was the apple of their eyes. And I knew it. My parents would always, when they would say the prayers every night, when they would tuck me in bed, they would say, we love you higher than the skies, deeper than the oceans, oh. and bigger than the whole wide world. And that was after we said the prayer every night. That's what they would tell me. And then my mommy and my daddy would kiss me and put me to bed. So I knew what love is. I was loved. I had no shadow of a doubt that I was adored, not just loved. Right. And this is the home that I grew up in. I, I adore my parents. My parents meant very much to me. I, I obeyed my parents. I was raised in, the, in a very old-fashioned way. My parents didn't need to beat me to instill my love and respect for them. They, 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 because of their love and adoration of me, I, I adored my parents. My parents both died when I was 22 years old. Uh, I became an orphan at the age of 22, and I had no one in the world. Mm. And my parents are both buried with Oscar Schindler on Mount Zion. Wow. So if you have ever visited Jerusalem and visited Oscar Schindler's grave, you have literally walked by my parents' grave. Two weeks before my father died, my parents were devout Christians. I was raised in a very Christian home, uh, taught the right way. And my father always told me, let people know through your actions how you feel about them. Words are cheap. Actions speak louder than words. So that was really hammered to my head since I was a child. And that's how I lived my life. So before my father died, I, I was working as a news anchor for World News in the Middle East. I was, you know, hot shot, you know. Well, you started at the age of 20, weren't you? I started at the age of 20. A total miracle. That's a whole other story. Yeah. But it's amazing when God has a purpose for your life, God's going to open doors for you. God's going to make things happen for you. We have no idea what God has planned for us. And when we look at things as, you know, as horrific, as challenges. I mean, I remember my years in the bomb shelter. I would say, God, why, why are you picking on us? Why don't you go pick and kill the murderers and, 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 and the people that really hate people and kill people and rape people and molest people? And, and I couldn't understand why God made us go through what we went through. But we survived. I ended up becoming news anchor for World News in the Middle East. Here I am, big hot shot at 20 years old. Famous, I was seen in all throughout the Middle East, Israel, Jordan, Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, Cyprus. I would get all this fan mail. And uh, unfortunately, I had a terrible boss. My boss tried to rape me on the job. So you hear about, you know, uh, I do not know how many of you have watched the morning show, you know, with Jennifer Aston on television. Yep. It's now the big thing. Boy, can I... 
Uh -huh. I lived, Reese I worked in network yeah. broadcast television, I know. Mm -hmm. So because my boss was not able to um, complete what he tried to do, and he and I got into a fight, and we were fighting and battling, and I was hitting him and scratching him and all that, he told me, you're going to pay for that. And he ends up firing me over it. And he fired me and fabricated a story that I was fired because I was caught smuggling drugs between Lebanon and Israel. I mean, me, somebody who doesn't even drink, never drank, never smoked. I mean, if there was anybody who's like, didn't do anything, doesn't do anything. But he wanted to destroy me. He had such hatred against mm -hmm. me. I mean, obviously somebody who would attempt something like that. Right. He wanted to destroy me publicly. And literally affected our family. My mother had just died. My father, I'm taking care of him. Um, I remember my father got very ill and he had a terrible urinary tract infection. And I remember going to the hospital, trying to get a doctor to come see my father. And, my fa and the doctor promised me he will come see my dad. And he said, you know, I'll be there tomorrow. And I said, please, because I have to go to Israel. We were moving houses in Israel. I needed to be in Israel. And he said, I'll come tomorrow. And I went to Israel. I had a living um, somebody in the house, a housekeeper to take care of my dad. I come back from Israel five days later. I walk into the house. My father is laying in bed, totally um, extremely sick. The infection had gotten so much worse. And I remember taking care of my daddy, putting a diaper on my dad, and the skin on his private part has fallen off. It was that bad. And I was horrified. I ran up to the hospital. I tried to get a doctor. I said, I told you, you know, you were supposed to go down five days ago. And he didn't. Anyway, because of that, I ended up moving my father to Israel because that my boss who fired me ended up destroying my life in my hometown. You know, small town, people believe gossip. I ended up moving my father to Israel and putting him at the Notre Dame in Israel. And two weeks before he died, I was sitting on his lap. He was in a wheelchair. I adored my father. And I was crying, saying, I cannot believe they did this to us. I cannot believe they destroyed our life like this. You know, I hate them. I hate them all. And my father stopped me right there. And he touched me. He took my face, turned my face to his face. And he wiped my tears. And he said to me, I didn't raise you to hate anybody. I raised you to love. You are raised as a Christian. Jesus would not hate anybody. And look what he went through. He said, I don't want to hear those words come out of your mouth. He said, I want you to promise me that you will not hate anybody and you will not speak of hating anybody. And he made me promise him that. And he knew he was dying. And I knew that he was dying. My father died two weeks later. And because of my promise to my father, and it's not easy to fulfill that promise. It's easier said than done, especially when you're young in your 20s. Hormones are raging. You're so passionate about everything. You get angry about everything. But because of my father's request of me and because how much I honored my father and my mother, it was my way of honoring him and his legacy and my mom as well by not hating anybody. 
I actually pray for my enemies. I pray for those who trespass against me. I pray for those who hurt me, whether they betray me or whether they stab me in the back or whether they lie to me or whether um, whatever. We all in life, you know, we all have people that betray us, you know, stab us in the back. Your, 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 your husband has an affair on you. Your sister betrays you. Your whatever it is, your business partner steals from you. I learned to pray for those who do these things to me. And we all go through the same thing. Look, we are all humans. We all have people who betray us. We have all cried because we could not believe somebody could hurt us so much. That was so close to us. And I, every night before I go to bed, my husband and I hold hands. And we pray for everybody in our lives. And I pray not only for my loved ones. I pray for those who hurt me. And I pray for them by name. I pray that God will bless them, that God will open doors for them, that God will bless them financially, that God will protect their families, that God will protect their children, that God will protect them from COVID, that God will open up business opportunities for them. I wish them nothing but the best because I know whatever you put out is going to come back to you. You know, there's a Bible verse, do unto others what you want others to do unto you. It's because that Bible verse is based on the laws of the universe. There are laws in this universe. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Whatever you put out is going to come back to you. You wish people the best, the best is going to come your way. You wish people health, health is going to be yours. And whatever you put out comes back to you. And that's why I don't hate. So whenever, you know, I hear people, you know, it's amazing today on the Internet, if we learn anything, don't believe anything you hear on the Internet. When you read about celebrities or when you read about movie stars and when you read about all the stories about this, that, and the other, don't believe anything because you do not know who that person is. You just know who's writing lies about them. So I know this was a long answer. <clears throat> I love it. I wanted it. But I yeah. Thought, <laughs> but, but I thought it's a story and it's important for people to hear the story because a lot of us today, especially in today's world where everything is... You know, people text each other. You know, get into arguments over text where you don't even hear an argument escalate because of text because people are not looking into each other's face. They're not hearing the tone of voice. It's like when you write an email to somebody, you know, they're seeing words without emotions. So it's even more important to be able to express yourself kindly to others. And and, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to launch my television show is because... I wanted people to understand the other side of me and the way I think and what helped me get through life and become the person that I am today. Beyond the politics and beyond me, you know, a lot of people watch me on television, you know, on Fox or Newsmax, no more CNN, no more (laughs) MSNBC. You know, that's like the enemy's camp right now, right? We Uh pray for them, but they don't like us. Um, but you know, beside all that, you know, there is something to be said about the human element and how important it is to speak of love, to speak of connection, to speak of respect for people. Well, you know what? You respect people. You love people. People love you. People respect you. And folks, if you knew that story before, how much more, uh, would you love her and, and be behind Brigitte, because I've Thank always you. seen you do this. I, I've always seen you doing this, the Brigitte Gabrielle show. Folks, you're in for an incredible treat. Talk about motivation. Oh, man. I, I was laughing with, with Greg, and, and I, your husband is an awesome guy. Thank uh, you. Tall, blonde-headed, Nordic, good-looking dude from New Jersey. 
And um, we were laughing, and I came out after you were encouraging one of the, the viewers who was asking about uh, pursuing your dreams uh, and also launching a business. And that's quite a little story, too. And I love the fact that you're seeing a part of Brigitte Gabrielle that you've never got to see before, but you're going to see a whole lot more with the Brigitte Gabrielle show. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... When you got done filming, I came down the steps and I said, Greg, I'm a man and I want to be a businesswoman. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm happy being a man. But you know, folks, I tell you, uh, you're in for a treat. And you, you know, when we see things that, that are quality, you know, Mario Murillo inspired me when I was 16 years old. He said, do music and media that is so irresistible that even the world has to have it. Well, Brigitte, everything you do is top notch, top rate, and the world has to have it. And when they get to see the other facet of the diamond, of there's, there's a whole, so much more to you. Uh, love, and, and man, gosh, she's a preaching machine too, folks. I, I, what, what, are you, what are you not, a life coach too? I mean, it's amazing. But I wanted them to hear these stories, Regine. And even those who, who are in, in the camp where everything offends you, and it's not really things that are offending you, folks. You know what, when you're, when you're at war with yourself, you make casualties out of friends and family. And sometimes you're just at war with yourself. And everything is offensive. Everything uh, brings anger, brings regret, brings hurt. But the spirit of Jesus, that's freedom. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I love this audience. And so all that to say is going in this next thing, though, as you were talking to women, uh, men and women, they all love so many things about Brigitte Gabrielle. As you're talking to women about pursuing your dreams, uh, rather, rather you want to do the one about the, about the business, starting your business, that's pretty big too. Uh, some, some of you folks, you know what? There's millions of people leaving the job force. You're having to rebrand yourself. You're having to start over. Well, guess, nope, guess what? You know what? In God's economy, you haven't missed it. You haven't missed it. Things are right on time. What would you say to women who need to be encouraged to pursue their dreams? Well, not just women. I want to talk about dreams. There you go. Because when we grow up, when we are teenagers, when we are young, we are raised with such innocence. You know, we have big dreams when we're teenagers. We want to do this and we want to do that. And it's wonderful to dream. Um, in my case, my whole life is a dream. Even though I didn't dream because I didn't think I would live long enough. You know, I was raised in a bomb shelter. And I remember... You know, people in America, especially when I came to America, people dream, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? In my case, in the bomb shelter, we lived day to day. We did not know if we're going to be alive the next day. I mean, we had just to get a drink of water. You know, I lived without water, without electricity, without food, very little food. We used to crawl out under the bombs and dig out dandelions to eat. That was the only salads we had to have. Mm. Um, to get some water, we would crawl under sniper's bullets to a nearby spring to get some water. And every time we left to get a drink of water, you know, this drink that people take for granted, taking a sip of water. Thank you, God. I had to crawl under sniper's bullets in a ditch, saying my last goodbyes to my parents just to get a drink of water. And this was my existence. I didn't dream when I was a teenager. I remember even when we had to study uh, to school, you know, if we had exams or whatever. 
I would wait until the last day before the exam, because what if I die before the exam? Why should I waste my time studying? This was the attitude, because we thought we were going to die. And I shared the story with you today when we were in the bomb shelter. After living in the bomb shelter for three years, we thought the world forgot about us. We knew the world forgot about us. And uh, one of our militia friends stopped by, and he said, I just want you to know if I don't see you tomorrow, I wish you a merciful death. And he left because we knew our town was going to be attacked that night, and we didn't know we were going to last. And I remember at the age of 13 putting on my Easter dress, my Sunday best, because I wanted to look pretty when I am dead, knowing that when they come to slaughter me, there would be no one to bury me. And I remember sobbing, begging my mother, I don't want to die. I'm only 13 years old. Please, I don't want to die. Do something. And there was nothing my mother could say to me. And I remember sitting in the corner of our bomb shelter, and my father started reading from Psalms. I shall walk into the valley of death and hear no evil, for thou art with me. Mm. Thank God we survived that night. My parents said to me, look, we'll create a big distraction when they come to slaughter us, and you just run towards Israel and don't look back. He said, they said, we lived a long life. You're a young child. Just run towards Israel and don't look back. Thank God I did not have to make that decision that night because that's the night when Israel came into Lebanon and removed the Islamists from around our town, and we stayed alive. And I'm sharing that story because I grew up as a teenager without dreams because I didn't know if I'm going to live to see 20. Every year, I never thought I'd live. I never thought I'd live to see 25. I never thought to dream anything. But when you are in the deepest of the depth of what you perceive is your hell, and you think, how can it get any worse from now? God has dreams for you. God has bigger dreams for you beyond anything you can imagine. In my bomb shelter, I had an American flag that somebody had given to me in Israel when I was in Israel. And I tied it under my pillow because I wanted to make sure that one day I can come to America. That was the dream. I wanted to come to America. And I ended up making it to America. I ended up becoming a news anchor for World News in the Middle East. And that's how I met my American husband. And that's how I ended up coming to the United States. And when I came to America, the big dream was, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to live in America. And after living in America, I never in my wildest dreams, after I was a mother with two young children, never in my wildest dreams, I thought, I'm going to own a TV production company. I'm going to have clients like Oprah and Dr. Phil and Inside Edition and ABC, NBC, CBS, and all these shows. And after that, I never thought that after 9-11, I would be called to, do, to start Act for America, my organization which is now 1.7 million members nationwide. Wow. That, no, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So whatever your dream for yourself is, God has a bigger dream for you. And the dream that God has for you is bigger and greater than anything you can ever, ever imagine for yourself. And so if God puts something on your heart, you know, I call it like when God talks to you, when he whispers in your ear. When you, you, some people call it the sixth sense. I know some people probably are watching us right now that you may not be a Christian. You know, obviously I'm a Christian. We are a Christian. This is a Christian show. But if you're not a Christian, 
When you hear those whispers that you think, oh, this instinct, that voice, when God whispers in your ear that you should do this, you're good at this, pursue your dream. And then you have all the naysayers around you, the humans around you. Ah, oh, you're never going to be successful at that. Are you crazy? You really think you're going to make a go of that? You know, seven out of 10 businesses fail within the first year or three years. You really think you're going to make it a success? So everybody around you start bombarding you with negative thoughts. And my advice to people, never ever listen to the negative thoughts. Because if God has called you to do something with your life, God's going to open the door. God's going to open the window. God is going to pave the way. God's going to put the right people in your path. God's going to make it happen for you. All you have to do is believe. You know, the Bible talks about if you have the faith as big of a, of a, of a mustard seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? Real little. I finally... I was like 27, 28 years old when I saw a mustard seed. <laughs> and I couldn't believe how tiny that is. But if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And if God has put something on your heart, know without a shadow of a doubt that he put it on your heart so he can use you as an instrument to make it happen. You are the vehicle. If God put on your heart to start a ministry or to start an organization or to start a business in your community or to start a charity in your community, that's God speaking to you to use you as a vehicle. He already has all the people lined up who are going to help you. He already lined up the banker who's going to help you. He already lined up the people who are going to open doors for you. He already lined up anything. Look at how we met. Mm -hmm. We hired you. I hired you in 2010 to be producer for the TV show my organization, Act for America, was mm -hmm. doing, so you can travel around the country and interview our people. Right. Quite, quite an adventure. Quite an adventure. Yeah. For the last three years, you were after me <laughs> to do a TV show. You got to so do it. So he would email me, Brigitte, you've got to do, you, you have got it's to do time. a podcast. It's time. Lord talking. You've got to do a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, nah, yeah, I've got this, I've got that, I'm traveling, I know, I And finally... And, you know, one weekend I decided, and I've been praying, God, give me clarity. What should I do? What should I do? God, give me clarity. And, you know, especially over Christmas, I was praying, what direction? I knew I needed to do something more than just talk about politics. People can hear my political opinion. People can hear my political knowledge. People can hear my commentary. They can follow me on Twitter. They can watch me on television. They can uh, sign up to my emails, actforamerica.org actforamerica.org. Got that? Yeah. <laughs> so people can get that. But I knew there was more to that. I knew that God has put me through everything that he has put me through so I can give hope and inspiration for those who need it, especially at this time. Yes. And when that became clear in my mind, all of a sudden, there's Brent sending me an email. Brigitte, we've got to do a TV show together. <laughs> This happened less than two months ago, six weeks ago. Within six weeks, after procrastinating for three years, within six weeks, we agreed to do this, put a date on the calendar, organize what we want to do. Here I am in Midland today, and you were the instrument. My honor. So when God puts something on your heart, God will open the doors for you to make it happen. All you have to do is show up. He already has the roadmap laid out. Oh, man. Are, are you guys blessed? I know you are. I, I am too. Wow.
No, Brigitte, uh, I knew, I, I've known for years. I thought, man, she's got to have a TV show of her own. Um, and I was excited about it. I knew, I knew it would be good. But I had no idea, folks, that today what I saw, um, as, and I'll say it again, as strong as you are uh, in front of thousands of people, you're also incredible one-on-one. And the things you have to say, talk about a deep well and stories. You know, folks, uh, there's a scripture that said they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, your story. You all have a story. You know, your story is the most valuable thing you've got in addition to the Lord, folks. You've got a story. And as long as you're breathing, uh, there's victory in the air. Your story's not over yet. Uh, And your movie can end any way you want it to, folks. It really is up to you. And Brigitte, if you could overcome all that you've overcome and speak before leaders and kings, literally, even being knighted, you know, I mean, and, and I know you don't can like. You can you believe it? Oh, we're going to talk about that next. It? You know, la- I, I often call you Lady Brigitte. Oh, Lady Brigitte from the house of oh, Gabriel. Please. But really, and we want to hear about that. But folks, you really are in for a treat. You're already seeing a side of Brigitte you've never seen before. And you ain't seen nothing yet. But we're just so grateful for you who are watching and who get behind GLC. The last of its kind, I believe, uh, must carry uncensored. And I tell you, you know, you can't always say that a, a Christian uh, TV network or ministry is always m- the most pure place behind the scenes. You know, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. We won't say. But I can tell you here, this is good soil because from the inside out, this is a pure thing. Yeah. And look what God's done. He's brought you in this beautiful studio. It's still beautiful. And you know what, folks? Talk about a rebuilding. Right. You know, God's doing a new thing. But this is this, this network is returning to its original vision. And when you return to your original vision, whether you're an organization, whether you're a church, whether you're a business, or whether you are a person, when you return to the reason why that baby was born, great things can happen. And nothing is impossible to those who believe. Brigitte, nothing's impossible for you. What I beheld today, I can't wait for people to see. And they're gonna see some on your social media But man, I tell you what, she's got preach in her now. And even on top of that, you know what? The the, the things that cut the stories, the amazing stories you have, and the scriptures that just inherently come out of your mouth, you love the Lord and he loves you. And I just can't wait to see what's going to happen with the Brigitte Gabrielle show. We're definitely blessed blessed to have you as well. I'm so blessed my cup runneth over. You know, I couldn't understand what that meant when I was younger. And people look at me, and sometimes people look at people who are going through challenges, especially when, when non-Christians look at Christians who are going through challenges. And, they, and, you know, Christians are still happy. Praise the Lord. Everything is fine. Everything is going to be great. And you know how secular people look at you like, what is this person talking about? You know, how can they be so happy? Their life is going down, you know, the tube, uh, you know. And, but God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Never. God uses his people as instruments of change. And sometimes he needs to refine us. You know, like a diamond. A diamond is a rock. You can stumble over it. It's not shining, sparkling under the lights like when you see it in the store. Right. In order for a diamond to become what it is, it has to go through such a terrible process in order for it to shine. And every single one of us, especially as Christians, to whom much is given, much is required. 
And we go through trials and tribulations and we wonder why are we going through them? But every challenge you have gone through is there so God can build you up, so he can make you stronger, so he can teach you a lesson. God sends angels in our life. I teach my children, God sends, people come into our life, they are angels. They come into our life for a reason, for a season, and some stay for a lifetime. They're passing through to teach us a lesson. How many times, you know, you see people come into your life and you do not know why they came. I mean, look at our relationship. Mm -hmm. We connected in 2010. And because of you, I ended up speaking at the Western Conservative Summit. Because of you, I'm sitting in Midland today doing a TV show. Wow. Because of you, I got connected with Kathy, who's connected me with other people now. Kathy Rose. And you see the cycle of goodness, how everything, you never know how God connects people together. And, and again, like I said, God's dream for us is bigger than anything. And this is why I encourage, especially Christian who are watching right now, anybody who's watching right now, whatever you are going through, whatever you're going through right now, God is using to refine you, to take you to the next level so you can serve. You know, everybody, nowadays, everybody wants to be famous, but you don't need to be famous to be great because greatness is by service. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve a purpose in their community. Everybody can be great and everybody is called to serve in whatever capacity, whatever you have gone through, whatever pain that you have gone through. Pain is pain in any language, whether you're male or female, pain is pain. And part of the human experience is experiencing pain. Because pain is there to teach us a lesson. Pain is there to help us cross to the next level in our life. You cannot mature. You cannot be enlightened. You cannot grow it in your spiritual walk without crossing over something or a path to get to the next stage. Right. You've got to cross that bridge. And you have to go through the pain of crossing that bridge in order to get to the next level that God has waiting for you. And one thing I have learned in my life, no matter what you go through in your life, what you think is the worst possible thing that can happen to you, never ever resent that because it could be the best thing that could happen to you. Every single time when I thought, oh my gosh, things cannot get any worse than that. This is like the most horrible thing that could happen. And out of that, the most wonderful thing happens. And if it wasn't for the bad things happening, I would have never made it to the next level or to here to where I am in my it's true. life. true, you know that. Yeah. So take every challenge, take every pain, take everything as a lesson from God to guide you as he holds your hand to take you to the next level in your life, the next level that you can serve your community, that you can serve humanity, that you can serve your church. In my case, I started my organization, Act for America, right. because... After 9-11, I was so moved to start something because of my background and my experience to stand up for freedom, to defend our country, to fight evil, because at that time, Islamic terrorism, I mean, who would have thought that people can hijack airliners and use them as human missiles, flying them into skyscrapers with the hope of killing not 3,000, but if they would have been 15 minutes late, killing over 50,000. In my case, God put in my heart to start Act for America. And I'm proud to tell you that because I answered the call, even though I had my doubts, and I'm thinking, 
what do I know about nonprofits? I mean, I'm not an activist. I do not know anything about nonprofits. But God had already everything planned. All I was was the vehicle for God to make that thing happen. And he put me through everything I went through in life in order to start this organization. And today, Act for America has 1.7 million members. Amazing. We have helped pass 123 bills on the federal level and the state level to protect the country. Did you know that? And as I am speaking to you right now, Act for America, my organization, is working on 63 bills across the country on election integrity and stopping critical race theory. 63 bills, 63 bills nationwide right now in every state. If you are not getting our action alerts so you can be notified when there is a bill coming down in your state, whatever you're watching us right now, I know a lot of people are watching us on live on broadcast or they're going to watch us on their computers or they're going to watch us later or they're going to listen to this podcast. Go from whatever state you are in in the, in the United States. Go to actforamerica.org. Click on Take Action. You'll see our action alerts, Act National and Act uh, State, which is the national, is the federal bills in Congress. The state is the state bill. And take action on those bills. Sign up to get our emails and action alerts so together we can make a difference. So God, God put on my heart to do this for our country. And God has put on your heart something to be involved in. Every single one of you who are sitting in the audience today, and I'm so delighted to have the studio audience, God put you in this audience for a reason tonight. Pray and ask God, what was the reason that I came to this meeting tonight? What was your purpose, God, for bringing me to this meeting? One of you maybe have invited by a friend or a sister or somebody grabbed you and said, hey, what are you doing tonight? Come on over. I'm going to this show or I'm going to this. You are here tonight by design. Nothing happens by chance. Everything happens by design. And especially if you are a Christian, God has a purpose for your life. And your purpose in life is to find out what your purpose is, what your destiny is, and what you need to be involved in. And if being involved with Act for America, God puts it on your heart tonight to say, you know what, I'm going to stand with this organization. I'm going to start a chapter, by the way, start a chapter in your community, start a group in your community, join a group in your community, stand with us financially if you feel like it. Hey, I had to, you know, to, to put that pitch in knowing that I'm on camera, uh, on television. But whatever God put in your heart, being more involved in your church, being more involved in your community, being more involved in your school, being more involved in whatever local group who's been asking you to get involved with, do something. You are an instrument in God's hand. God doesn't change the world through lightning in the sky. God uses his people as instruments right. of change. You are the instruments. We are the instruments. Wow. Boots on the ground, folks. That's right. You, know, you, you can't win a battle just from the air, can you? That's right. And not only right. by prayers. I know a lot of Christians tell me, oh, Brigitte, I'm praying for our country. I'm praying for our country. Well, you know what? Praying is good, but praying is not enough. I named my organization Act for America. Right. Not think about America, not wish for America, not pray for America, not hope for America, but what? Act. Act for America. Because prayer without work is not enough. It's dead. <laughs> Act for America. We need to hope, wish, 
pray, and uh, whatever for our country, but we need to act for our country as well. All right. Come on now. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about now how, how many churches are, are watching. Man, I, I wonder if she could be a, a pastor. <laughs> I you, cannot be a pastor. <laughs> and I do not want to be a pastor. You know what I want to be? I want to be God's vehicle to spread hope and inspiration oh, yeah. to millions of Christians across this country who feel depressed, mm -hmm. who feel overwhelmed, who feel now that I know what's happening in the country, I do not know what to do. Obviously, we are praying, but I want to be able to go into a church, and I hope if there is any pastor watching right now, I would love to have the opportunity to speak in your church, to share with your people God's grace in my life and His deliverance over me, the dream that God has for me. I was raised in a, in a, in a small little town on the border with Israel called Marjayun in Lebanon, what President Trump describes in colorful language as the, whatchamacallit, hall of the world. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. You know, <laughs> this is where I come from. And look what God has been able to do in my life. I want to give Christians hope, inspiration, motivation, empowerment to understand their value in God's hand. Their value, they are chosen Every single one is chosen to make a difference, is chosen to love, is chosen to shine brightly in the community, wow. not hide our, our light that God put upon us in a corner praying with our Bible. Go. God didn't intend for us to wake up in the morning and hide our light in a corner reading our Bible. That's wonderful. But the way you shine your light is by going out into your community, right. by loving your community, by working in your community, by showing your love for your That's country. Right. And thank you. And for standing boldly on the truth and not shying away and not apologizing and not backbending and not compromising your Judeo-Christian values because you are embarrassed of what your neighbors are going to think of you. Amen? You know, I love this audience. And, and you mentioned Kathy Rhodes earlier. We call her Godmother. We love Kathy. Godmother. She connects. We she, love she is a mover. Kathy. She's a mover and shaker. And she points to the Lord the right now. The mayor of the town. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This is an audience of leaders. That's what's so special about the audience tonight. It's an audience of leaders, folks. You got generals over here. And we're not singing to the choir. We're coming together for such a time as this. You know, Brigitte, when Jesus said that you are the light of the world and the city on the hill cannot be hidden, most people don't know. There were things called warning cities. They were called warning cities. And they used with signals with fire when an evasion was imminent. They were a warning city, and there was a penalty to be paid. If you chose to live in a warning city, you had lots of benefits, but there was a penalty to be paid if the watchman on the wall did not sound the alarm. That's what we're doing right here, folks. Yeah. You are a city on a hill, those of you who are believers. And it is not only a great thing to do, it is your duty to sound the alarm. And you do that by taking action. It's right. wonderful. We need intercessors, Cher. We need, we, we need prayer. We, we got to have that. Prayer moves the arm that moves the world. But the battle's also on the ground, folks. Right. You, know, you know, Brigitte, a lot of people don't That's know right. that our Constitution... Is, is really uh, nothing more than a bunch of notes written from sermons of the black robes 
the outlaw preachers the King George called for their deaths, preaching freedom and justice and liberty for all. Sound familiar, folks? You won't find a, a right in the Constitution that wasn't first preached for at least 20 years before the American Revolution by the black robes. Well, you know what? We need our black robes back right now. It's time, folks, to take action. It's Act for America is very pragmatic. That's a, that's a step. Get involved. You, and, and as you and like to I, say, I, you can take action from your pajamas, too, in yes. Afro-America. Yes, and before I get to that, you know, a lot of Christians say to me, oh, Brigitte, you know, I'm praying for our country. You know, we think somehow on the, on, on the conservative side, the Republican side, they think being an activist is a lefty thing. Right. Jesus set the standard of what activism is all right. about. That's right. Jesus was the first activist. Jesus showed us how activism is done. When Jesus saw evil, he walked into that temple, he overturned the tables, he stood up for what he believed was what he believed is right, and he stood up against the wrong that he saw. Jesus showed us how you can be rightfully upset and show and stand and show the world that this is wrong. You cannot be doing this. So today, we as Christians, we need to be active. We need to be engaged. And you know what? Our people, people tell me, and I'm not telling people go out and demonstrate in the street. You know, with my organization, Act for America, we created a tool called Act Now, where we send action alerts. You know, every Wednesday morning, every Thursday morning, we send an action alert. Three things you can do on, oh, under 10 minutes. Three in 10, we call it. Three things you can do under 10 minutes, and you can do them with the click of a button sitting in your pajamas, sipping your cup of coffee at 7 a.m. in the morning. And basically, we have a pre-written email for you going to your elected official about a certain bill. You don't even have to think what to write the email. We already have it rewritten. You just sign your name. You sign our petition. You call them. We even have a pre-prepared post for you uh, for like Facebook or your social media, where with one click of a button, you not only post it on your social media, but also it tags that your elected official's social media. Everybody can do something. And when I talk about activism, Everybody, Christian churches need to be involved in school boards. They need to be involved in city council. They need to be involved with what's happening in That's the right. school. That's right. You know, our Judeo-Christian values are being stomped upon. They are being destroyed. They are being thrown in the garbage. We have people who are trying to rewrite our constitution. Right. People are, have already taken God out of our schools. They already taken Christmas out of our schools. They call it now winter break instead of Christmas break. If it wasn't for President Donald Trump, people didn't even want to say Merry Christmas anymore. Right. So thank God, at least under his administration, people were proudly saying Merry Christmas again. Right. So... Thank you. So if we Christians do not stand up for our Judeo-Christian values of love, harmony, peace, sacrifice, charity, right. those are great values. Why are we embarrassed to do that? Why can't we stand up to the left who is teaching our children that at five years old, oh, you're a boy, you're not really a boy, you're a girl, okay? If you need surgery, you don't even need to tell your parents right. that we know you're identified. What, what are we talking about? Right. What are we talking about? And we are letting these people control our children? Is this what God, this is why we go to our churches on Saturday and, uh, and Sunday and pray? Because we are afraid on Monday morning to show up and confront the school with what they're teaching our children? We need boldness more than ever. That's right. And this, and this is not hate. This is 
loving our children. Right. This is loving our country so much that we want to keep it the most exceptional country on the face of the planet. And by keeping it exceptional is by exercising our Judeo-Christian mm. values, which are the foundation of the United States of America. Whether people like it or not, by the way, this is the foundation of our country. Yes. <laughs> I love it, Brigitte. I love it. You know, there's a saying that, that Satan is not worried about a Sunday morning revival. He's worried about a Monday morning revival. Folks, the church mm -hmm. was never meant to be a place to escape the world, That's but right. a strategic base to invade the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Yes, we were founded on sermons by the black robes uh, based on Judeo-Christian values, talking about our king. We don't have to be afraid or shy about it, but we have to be bold. You know, that command, Brigitte, in the Bible to take dominion never went away. And somewhere along the way, we were relegated into little boxes and separated. But you know what? This is a time when people are coming out of spiritual quarantine and they're becoming a body. You know, the things that you've been through, you were knighted in Jerusalem. And in Rhodes. In Rhodes. Do you know I was knighted at the castle where the Crusaders started knighting their knights wow. 1,100 years ago when the Crusaders wanted to liberate Jerusalem. That's why the castle in Rhodes was built. When Jerusalem fell under Islamic control and Christians could not pray in the churches and Christians could not ring the doorbells, uh, their, their, their church bells. The crusaders were formed to go liberate Jerusalem. Right. So as they were fighting the Muslims and the Muslims drove them out of Jerusalem, they went to Rhodes and built the castle. And in that castle, in the same courtyard, the, uh, the Knights of Malta, Order of St. John, have been knighting their knights for over a thousand years. And it's in that <laughs> castle, in that courtyard, I was knighted. I tell you, it was the most surreal experience my husband actually started tearing up because it was surreal to be in that place with so much history watching that ceremony take place. And I bet it was a beautiful sword, wasn't it? It was a beautiful sword. You know, folks, how a sword is made, it doesn't start out that way. It starts out as metal, and that has to be put through the fire. It has to be hammered on, and then cool water, and then times back into the fire and folded a thousand times. And We just want the cool water these days, folks. No, there comes a time when you can learn to love the fire, when yeah. that fire shapes you, being folded, being times of cool, refreshing, back under uh, the fire, back on the anvil until you are razor sharp and beautiful. And that is, is when you are a sword in the hand of God. Brigitte, you were knighted. And the, the word knight means servant, by the way, and you are God's servant for Thank such you. a time as this. We are Thank so you. grateful to have you on Light of the Southwest. First Dominion Times. And keep, <laughs> keep, keep an eye out for the Brigitte Gabrielle Show, folks. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All, Thank the, you. All, the, all the leaders and, and all the generals out here. Thank and we'll you. see you next time Thank on Light of the Southwest. <laughs>